0: Hey, everybody, this is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with another edition of the Southern Pride Soccer Podcast. It's been quite a while since I've reported a podcast, but since the team has started training camp, uh, Atlanta United, that is, I thought I would catch you up on everything that's happened in these last few weeks and what I think might happen in the next few weeks as we prepare for the 2020 MLS season, the Champions League, the team's defense of its U.S. Open Cup, Etc. Uh, it is January 15th, 2020. You can find me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC, on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now, and I hope you'll consider subscribing to the Atlanta Journal of Constitution as well as to this podcast on iTunes, and please tell your friends. Well, since we last spoke, Atlanta United's roster has changed quite a bit, uh, notably Darlington Nagby influential midfielder, arguably the the best midfielder in the U.S. pool uh, that plays in MLS, uh, was traded to Columbus. Leandro Gonzalez-Perez, a dynamic center back, twice finished top five and defender of the year voting in MLS, uh, was sold to Tijuana for a fee that Atlanta United has yet to disclose. Um, Emerson Hyman, uh, who was on loan last season from Bournemouth, uh, that loan was turned into a purchase. Uh, So he'll be back. So while two members of the center of the formation are gone, uh, Emerson Hyman is back. The team has also brought back uh, Anton Walks, a defender who was on loan with the team in its inaugural season in 2017 from Tottenham. Uh, Walks was eventually sold to Portsmouth in England's League One, and Atlanta United has purchased him. Uh, He is a guy who can play across the back line and even defensive midfielder if needed. The team also uh, bought Fernando Meza uh, from Nicasa slash Tijuana, which is a long story, uh, to Atlanta United, presumably to fill the role of center back for Gonzalez Perez. The team also drafted uh, center back Patrick Nielsen of Michigan State. I'm going to be surprised if he makes the final roster. As some of you know, uh, draft picks in MLS – most of them, a gigantic percentage of them, never see a minute in MLS. Um, and it's probably going to be better for Nielsen's development if he goes down to Atlanta United 2, where he will get a lot of playing time, as opposed to Atlanta United, where he's likely to not get any playing time because there are several guys ahead of him, uh, including Meza, including Miles Robinson, who was, should have won Defender of the Year in MLS last year, to me, over Ike Parra. Uh, as well as Franco Escobar, uh, even Jeff Lernowitz, Anton Walks. Uh, There's quite a few players ahead of him. Um, The team lost Aaron Hyde, its goalkeeper's coach. They've yet to announce a replacement, but I think there's going to be one soon. Uh, Edgar Castillo, uh, fullback, and Adam Jans are, I think, likely going to be signed by the team, uh, maybe by today, likely by Friday, to join the team. I think Castillo is going to be a fantastic addition. He did not have a good year for New England last year, but some of you need to remember New England was arguably the worst team at MLS at the, uh, for the first third of the season. Castillo got hurt, um, so he's playing with injury. If you look at him the year before in Colorado, he was arguably an MLS best 11 selection. He's got three goals and I think 10 assists the past two seasons. That's not bad for a left fullback. It takes a little bit of pressure, if pressure is the right word, off of George Bellow to feel like he has to go 34 games in the league and then every other game. If the two of them split, I mean, Atlanta United played, I think, 45 games last year. That's 20-something games for each of them. That's, a, I think, a, a manageable workload for the club. And, you know, someone else can step in at left back. Brooks Lennon, who I didn't include earlier, who was picked up in a trade from Yellow Salt Lake, can play left back. Uh, even Mesa can play left back because he played some fullback at Casa if needed to uh, in a pinch. So there are options. Now, there, there are a couple of other holes that the roster still needs filled, assuming that Castillo signs. I think the team would probably likely want to bring in another left fullback because, as many of you know, the team has gone through left fullbacks like Spinal Tap went through drummers. Off the top of my head, we've had Greg Garza. Chris McCann, Breck Shea, George Bello, Jose Hernandez. And that's just, again, off the top of my head. They, they go through them like no other position in any team in MLS that I've ever seen. So they probably need a third to step in. But the biggest hole on the roster, as Frank DeBoer said in his comments on Monday, is still that central midfielder role that Nagby played so well. He was kind of a hybrid defensive midfielder, attacking midfielder, the defenders knew they could get the ball to Nagby. He would break another team's pressure and would sometimes start counterattacks. He he got better, I think, in the third year of kind of being that trailing guy in the attack, that kind of last runner into the penalty box where he did score a couple of goals that way. I think that's what the team is looking for. Heinemann is more of an attacking midfielder. Rometty and Lerunowitz are more defensive midfielders, though Rometty did kind of, he was used in that role by DeBoer earlier last season. Um, I don't know you know, if the results are what DeBoer was looking for, but Remetti, I think, can do it if needed. But I think that they're still going to try to make what I think is going to be, if they can, an impactful signing. I think if the CBA, the collective bargaining agreement negotiations, can get done and that is ratified before the beginning of the season and it still falls into the transfer window, that's when you're going to see what's happened. There have been many, many rumors of two Paraguayan players coming to Atlanta United. Um, I, through my reporting and research, keep being told it's not happening, um, but it will not die. So part of me wonders if the two guys may come on a loan, and then once the CBA is ratified, um, Atlanta United may have more money to spend, and that loan can become a buy. Or they can simply let the players return to Paraguay. Um, and and it's a left back and a central midfielder are the two positions, which are obviously the two positions I just highlighted as positions of need. Uh, talking about uh, moving up the formation now, you've got two strikers, uh, Joseph Martinez and Hector Viaba. Um, Adam Jans would kind of fill that role as a striker to start early USO pickup games, come in for a few minutes. He's a big guy. He's a, he would be a good target guy for the team. Atlanta United typically doesn't play with two strikers, so I don't think you're going to see him in the starting 11 playing with Joseph Martinez uh, in any role. But I think he would be a, a solid, you know, signing for, for a backup. And some of you expressed some consternation on Twitter yesterday that Atlanta United isn't signing impactful players, but you have to keep in mind MLS rules make it difficult to load up your team, like a Monterey in, in Mexico, for example, a team that Atlanta United is somewhat familiar with, or Club America, from their games last year. And also, it's hard to find a striker who's going to want to come to Atlanta United who knows that the majority of his minutes may come with Atlanta United too, because Joseph Martinez does not want to come off the field. Uh, other than injuries or international call-ups, hasn't come off the field for Atlanta United much the past three seasons. It takes a different kind of personality and a different kind of patience uh, to want to deal with that. So that's also interesting. Um, Another piece of news I reported today is there's going to be an Atlanta United Academy player who's going to go for a – it's being dubbed a training experience, but I think it's fair to call it a trial. Uh, That player is – Efrain uh, Morales, a 15 year old from Suwannee. He's a midfielder, more of a central midfielder, defensive midfielder. He's a big, big kid. If you look at the photo I posted in the story, he's already a head taller than everyone else. He's six foot two. He's going to go over there to Manchester United for an eight day kind of immersion experience, and, and Manchester United wants to see how he handles it. I, I cannot even, I won't begin to give you a probability. That, uh, Manchester United will want to sign him or anything like that. But I, you know, because it's impossible to tell, but I do think it's going to be a a cool experience for the player. (coughs) It's a good feather in the cap for Atlanta United as Academy Director Tony Onan said uh, on the phone to me this morning that they're producing players that some of the best clubs in the world want to look at. Um, and the Academy obviously is producing players for Atlanta United. Uh, one name I have not mentioned so far, one move that is going to happen but it's still not been finalized yet, speaking of academy players, is Andrew Carlton, uh, who is going to go on a loan. Uh, it's been reported that it's going he's going to go to Indianapolis of USL because Atlanta United feels that he needs a, a kind of maybe fresh perspective, a fresh environment. He was the team's first homegrown signing. Uh, he really has not made an impact with Atlanta United. He played well for Atlanta United, too, in some spurts last season. But, I mean, you know, it's easy to tell what Atlanta United means by a fresh environment, a fresh perspective. Um, It seems like Carlton is more in love with the idea of being a pro-athlete than wanting to put in the work to being a pro-athlete. There are too many distractions for him in Atlanta, where he grew up in Powder Springs. Um, Many of you know, I'm not going to – talk about or go into details on the things that I see y'all post on social media the places you've seen Carlton, the things you've seen him doing um, I, I can't verify them so I don't think it's fair to say what they are um, but I think Atlanta United has reached the point that it needs Carlton to show them he wants to be a, a player, a professional player. Um, he's an immensely talented player. I think that he can be a very solid MLS player if he'll put the work in. I don't think anyone should give up on him yet, um, but he's got to show that he wants to do the work. He's no longer you know, physically and mentally faster than the players around him that he uh, dominated, I think it's fair to say, in the youth ranks. He's going up against guys that are now bigger, faster, and taller than he is and who think just as quickly. So it takes different skill sets that need to be developed for him to be successful. And I think he can do it. Um, I hope that he will do it, but he's got to show Lenny United that he, he wants to. And that's a big thing. Um, so right now, I think the club has 22 to 23 players. If they sign Castillo and if they sign Yawns, it'll bring them up to 25. Um, I think they need to add a couple of more for depth. It's, again, a long season. If Atlanta United plays as many as 44, 45 games, Players are going to get tired, and stuff needs to be done. Um, So I think you'll see some more faces. I just don't know who they'll be. Other than the central midfielder, I don't think it's going to be anyone impactful. The other issue I haven't addressed so far is Julian Gressel and his contract status. He wants a contract. He wants a new contract. His rookie contract signed when he was selected of Providence uh, in the 2017 draft. Pays him about $130,000 a year in guaranteed compensation. He has 15 goals and 35 assists over three seasons. He's helped the team win two trophies. He deserves a new contract. Uh, the team has kind of indirectly hinted or said they want to give him a new contract, but they're waiting on the new collective bargaining agreement to be done. I don't quite understand that logic uh, because, for example, Miles Robinson got a raise last summer. Emerson Hyman was bought and got what looks to be a substantial raise from Bournemouth. So the money has been there. It just hasn't been given to Gressel. The club really has not said much about Gressel. Uh, Darren Eels and Carlos Bocanegra can be very hard to get the talk on the record. Uh, Carlos has spoken twice in the past two months on the record, so that's a good thing. Eels has not. Uh, last season... By my recollection, and this could be very wrong, uh, but it's going to be close. We got Eels one time on the record during the season last year, and that was to promote the Campionas Cup. We got Carlos once before the se- We got Carlos once when Joseph Martinez was got his contract extension. That was before the season. Once when Frank DeBoer was hired, and I think once be- right the preview the season, and then we didn't get him again at least I didn't, in Dirty South Soccer for the whole season. Um, frankly, I, I think that needs to be improved. I would love for it to be improved. I can't make it be improved. Um, but it would help us get some information to provide y'all. And, I mean, I think that you, the team supporters who buy the tickets and the kits, deserve the information. I understand your belief in trusting in the front office, um, you know, the results, have been there, but at the same time, I don't think that that precludes some transparency in regard to certain elements of how the club is being run and wants to do things. Um, so, those are my thoughts on that. Again, this is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. You can follow me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC. You can follow me on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. Um, I don't quite know how next week is going to work in terms of coverage. The team is heading to Bradenton, Florida this weekend. Uh, I won't be, I won't be going to Bradenton, Florida until, uh, almost 10 days from now to where I'll join the team for coverage. I'll cover the two scrimmages that they have, uh, against, I think it's, uh, it's a team from Sweden and, uh, another club, I think it's Philadelphia, uh, down there. And then the team goes to Guadalajara. I will not be going to Guadalajara. I will be going to Birmingham for the final preseason game. Um, I will not be going to Honduras for the first Champions League game. I did go last year to Costa Rica, but Honduras is a travel risk, and we just don't deem it to be safe. But should Atlanta United advance past Matagua, I will be going to wherever they go next, which will either be Jamaica or Mexico City. And then, of course, I'll be covering—well, uh, planning to cover uh, every home-and-away game Again, this season, I've only missed two games in the team's first three years, and that was in the very first season. I missed the game at Seattle because it was like 10 o'clock on a Friday, and then I missed the next game at Toronto because I was part of the team's coverage. Uh, I think I've probably uh, seen more Atlanta United games than almost any of the players, <laughs> uh, maybe even the members of the front office. Um, and I want to thank the Atlanta Journal-Constitution for that. And part of that is because of you clicking and reading on the stories and buying the paper, and I hope that you will continue to do those things. I, I thank you for your interactions. I thank you for your uh, feedback on Twitter, good and bad. Um, I appreciate your story suggestions. You can always feel free to email me at droberson at ajc.com. That's D-R-O-B-E-R-S-O-N at ajc.com, and I hope that you'll also support Joe Patrick, Rob Usery, Sidney Hunt, their work with Dirty South Soccer. Uh, Chris Furmeister sadly left uh, Pro Soccer USA uh, to take another job. I don't know who's going to fill his role. Um, Listen to Jason Longshore, John Nelson, their work on soccer down here, which is fantastic. Um, Mike Conti, Kevin Egan, Dan Gargan, Jillian Sackovitz, the TV guys, uh, the athletic, uh, you know, follow all their work. And I don't think you'll find more coverage of Atlanta sports in general than you'll find uh, with the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, as well as your local news and government. And now, more than any other time, it's extremely important that you're well-versed and get both sides' objective views of all the issues that face our society. All right. Again, Doug Robertson with the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Follow me on Twitter at Doug and on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. This has been another Southern Fight Soccer Podcast.